Hey everybody, this is episode 5 of ViewCast, and today I sat down with Michelle Prongy. Michelle is the Student Athlete Success Coordinator here at Grandview, and she plays a really important role on our campus where a good majority of our students are student athletes. So if you don't know her, here's your chance to get to know her. I think it's important that we all know her. So without further ado, episode 5 of ViewCast with Michelle Prongy. So have you seen Last Chance You? Did you watch the show? Yes. Do you, do you get that comparison a lot? <laughs> a lot. You're the Miss yes. Wagner. Here. Yep. Yeah. So if you've ever seen Last Chance You, there's that. Uh, she's the student athlete success coordinator for the college, Miss Wagner, and she calls herself like the mother of the football players. Do you, do you kind of feel that same relationship in any way to I some do. of the athletes? I have three of my own boys, and I feel like I have 650 kids here at Greenview. And I mean, we're on a campus where almost everybody is a student athlete, so I think your job plays an absolutely huge role on this campus. Yeah, it's, it's a large part of it, having that big of a population and um, versus a regular population that aren't the athletes. So I want to start a little bit with your background. Um, where did you go to school? What, like, what, what, what brought you to this point in your life where you're helping kids get through college? Well, I'm actually a Grandview grad. I played softball when I was here, graduated with an elementary education degree, went on and never taught a day of elementary. Um, I taught eight years of middle school and eight years of high school dropout prevention. Um, at the time, my father-in-law, Brent Prongi, was the athletic success coordinator at um, Sadel High School. And I think um, when I was in college and then after the first year when I just kind of substitute taught, I worked a lot for him and I found myself liking that population of students. and. I enjoyed um, having that challenge of figuring out their why. And everyone has a story, and I just liked being able to try and figure out what made them tick and, you know, why they weren't coming to school, why things were so difficult. And so um, within those 16 years, I was also a head softball coach at Sadel. Um, I was an assistant softball coach here at Grandview for six years. And then in 2008, um, when we added football and wrestling, this position became a full-time position. And that's when I interviewed for it. And this is now my 11th year. So you had a little bit of teaching experience and then coaching experience. You're working with young individuals for a good portion of your career. And then an opportunity like this comes where basically you're you're the lifeline I, I would kind of say for a lot of these student athletes and uh what has that been like for you in comp comparison to teaching and coaching you know there are a lot of similarities with it um i feel like the three districts that i taught in um Seidel, north polk and ankeny had all very different populations and things that i dealt with have all kind of had a helping hand in what I deal with on a daily basis here. And 
it's just like I said that I love making connections with young adults and trying to figure out what's making things stressful and what's getting in the way of them not being successful. So on a daily basis, kind of explain explain your job a little bit. Like what do you do that actually directly helps these kids? <laughs> well, the, the largest part of my job is certifying athletic eligibility for all 25 teams. So that gets done twice a year where I collect um, a lot of data that has to be entered into a program that is then passed on to our conference eligibility coordinator before it goes on to our national office. Um, within that, on the academic side, I hold study tables for student athletes. Um, it kind of varies by sport on whether we have uh, mandatory study tables. My dream would be to have every athlete have to have a mandatory study table because I feel it would benefit everyone at some point. Um, and then I'm just kind of that liaison between the academic side of campus and the athletic side. So if something's not going right in the classroom, if someone's having difficulty because they've missed a lot of classes for their sport, um, whatever it may be, no two days are the same um, in this position. Definitely. So, so let me give you a little scenario. Like, say I'm... Uh it's this point in the semester. We're pretty late into the semester now. It's, what, November 17th, and uh, classes are definitely on their wrap-up. We're getting our final projects assigned. We're kind of starting to understand when the finals are going to be. And this is probably a time in the year where a lot of kids might be losing it or they might be kind of going off the rails a little bit. So say I come to you, Miss Prong, Miss Prongy, I'm losing it. My, my stuff is going crazy. I have 10 things due. I can't figure out what I need to do first. What's, what's your first intervention? I think first is just having that conversation and finding out what's at the root of their stress. You know, is it because they've let things go and waited till the last minute to do everything? Or is there some outside factor that's affecting them wanting to do it or physically being able to do it? So it goes back to a very simple premise of asking them to write stuff down. It's amazing how many young adults just feel that they can keep it all in their head and keep things straight of um, what's due, what they need to do. And then it becomes this large mound of things that seems unaccomplishable rather than if they wrote it down by day and could check things off and it would alleviate that stress of seeing the whole pile of it and just what they need to address that day. So you kind of just lay everything out, take a broad look at it, start figuring out what needs to go first, and then uh, the hard part is actually doing it. So, so how, do you, how do you intervene there and how do you like, make sure that, that things get followed up on? I think it's just the consistency of um, staying on them, whether it's sending a text message every day to make sure things are still going okay or checking in on them um, and challenging them to think in a way of they wouldn't let themselves fail in their sport. Don't let it happen to you in the classroom. I try and do a lot of analogies of that, of 
trying to get them to think that same way since getting um, a college degree is what they're ultimately here for in the end. Yeah, definitely. I actually, I put that in my notes. I wrote student athlete and I wrote student in all caps and underlined it and athlete in tiny uh, small font because that's what we're doing here. Absolutely. A, a majority of this campus, like we said, is student athletes. I mean, especially the people that live here on campus. I, I think it's it's something crazy like uh, like 80% of the on-campus students yeah. are student athletes. And I think there's a lot of I'll say us because I was probably one of them at one point, but I think there's a lot of us who come here for the primary reason in our mind is to play a sport. Right. And we're like, well, we still have these classes on the side. Right. We still have these classes to take care of. And it's easy to fall behind if you come with that mindset. So how many times do you find yourself playing catch up with, uh, with these, I don't know, I, w- I don't want to call it delusional but with these people who come in here with uh, the wrong mindset towards college? I feel like it's a smaller population than you might think. Um, What I love most about our athletic department is all of the coaches that I work with on a daily basis, we're all on the same page of stressing that they're a student before they're an athlete. And the, the athletic part comes as a privilege not something that's handed to them and it's um, something that they get to continue to compete in while getting that college education as well as at the same time being able to compete at some very high levels within their sport so um, any coach that you talk to sometime during the day has conversations with their athletes about making sure that academics have you know they're catching up, that they're keeping up, that they're going to class, and it just becomes second nature with that. So what's an example of a time when uh, your job has gone by the script and it's gone completely right? I mean, without saying any names, like, can you give a story of a time when a student has come in and all things were looking very, very, very rough, and then they end up pulling it out in the end? Yeah, I just, um, last spring, we had a situation where a student athlete was going through some pretty heavy stuff personally, um, family issues as well as anything else you can think of, and things were pretty bleak, and it was going to take a lot um, for this athlete to pull things out and be successful, as well as doing some work during the summer to be able to regain that athletic eligibility for this fall. And um, it happened, and now that kind of that light bulb turned on and um, they figured out what they did was worth the fight and that they look at things a little differently now, it's the best feeling when when they come back and, you know, admit that what they were going through and then the steps they took and were able to turn things around to be successful again. So what is that like for you when you first encounter a student at probably one of the lowest of their lows and then by the end of it, they're at one of their one of their peaks and then they say, thank you, Miss Prongy, you, right. you helped me. What is that like for you? It feels great, but at the same time, I'm there to give that guidance and it's really ultimately on them. So 
I still feel like the majority of that needs to be on the student athlete because they're the ones that have to put into action what it takes. I just give the tips and pointers along the way. I think that's that's probably a healthy way to look at your job and your mindset because people probably like to give you a lot of credit. And I mean, some of these students like to give you credit for that too. And which you certainly deserve credit for helping them out. No questions, hands down. Um, but what it comes down to is a, it's a mindset change. It's a personal Absolutely. mindset change. And so you're kind of just there to facilitate the mindset and uh, push them in the right direction. And I, you know, so many times I think the most difficult transition for a lot of our student athletes who struggle in the beginning, in the middle, or wherever it may be, simply comes down to that organizational um, having that system in place to be successful. You know, in high school, they've gone to school for 12 or 13 years and gone to seven or eight periods in a row where they couldn't skip a class because they couldn't compete that night or practice that night. And now all of a sudden they come to college and mom and dad aren't asking them if they have homework anymore or if they're going to bed at the right time or if they have tests to study for. And they may have, you know, two 50-minute classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and two hour and 20-minute classes on Tuesday, Thursday. And all of a sudden everything else looks like complete freedom. And so it's a matter of them having that independence yet figuring out a successful plan to use what looks like free time um, and build some academic time into their schedule so that they're able to not have to procrastinate as much as ends up happening. Because in high school, for me, I mean, we had one or when you become a junior or a senior, two dedicated periods a day called study hall, where you have access to the right. library and all the computers. And I'd rarely rarely found myself doing schoolwork outside of school <laughs> in high school right and then you get here and uh you have all your 15 credits and then you have this stack of homework and you're okay when's my study hall because these are my this is my free time right, right now i'm not at school right now and no one reminding you that it's done either relying on the syllabus or blackboard i think one of the biggest things that helped me out was a planner as silly as it sounds I, I didn't use a planner my freshman year here and um when I got a planner and just started writing simple simple things down in them and crossing them out once I finished them yep just the amount of stuff that I would get done and the efficiency it's incredible like why have I not been doing this my whole life exactly <laughs> those are conversations I have every day right and I I keep a stack of planners from the bookstore in my office and I always offer them and say, are you going to use this? And yep, I think I can start. I think it'll keep me organized, so. So th there's a, a common term in a lot of jobs called workflow, where it's, it's your typical daily workflow. Um, you get in on Monday, you do this, and it's about the same all the time. And a lot of jobs have a very, very uh, set workflow. And I imagine in a job like yours, there's not really anything like that. But kind of like a rough outline, what is the process of you um, 
of you implementing all of these uh, helpful strategies for students? Like, what is the start to beginning process like? I think it's just a lot on the fly. Like, there's not a whole lot I can prepare for other than keeping up on reading of, um, you know, student success in college. And uh, I just, a regular day isn't a regular day. I may start working on some eligibility um, for upcoming sports when I first get in the office and then someone will come in and need to look at their spring schedule because um, either they haven't been able to get a hold of their instructor or they just have a question about um, graduation completion or what time their classes are in the next semester. So there is nothing related to workflow <laughs> with my position. I can have a plan of what I want to work on, but it doesn't always happen that way. So you were talking a little earlier how you uh, you helped a student who was having kind of outside of academic issues, you know, family issues, whatever, stuff like that. Um, do you have any counseling experience or like therapy training or is this all just from I don't work it's, experience that you've had in your entire life? It's all learned from, um, like I said, my father-in-law was probably my best teacher um, as I was going through. And then uh, when I was at Seidel, I was kind of the academic piece um, of our at-risk program. And then I had a very close friend who was the counseling piece. And so she and I and our district social worker worked very closely together. So whenever we met with students, we met as a team. And I think just on-the-job training is what has gotten me where I'm at. Because, I mean, you've been doing this for... 20 close to 20 years right. working with young young right. adults or young students and I mean you learn something over time you learn how how kids work and what their uh, emotional roller coasters like so I'm I'm sure you have just as good a grip on it as someone in the uh, counseling realm because you're you're experiencing that all the time right so I have a I have a question here that's kind of kind of vague, but I think it's I think it's important because everyone has their ideas of, of success, and I think you have a job where it's kind of hard to define what success might look like in your job. So, how do you define success in your field? I guess I would have to say um, just kind of the small steps sometimes are the biggest successes in. You know, whether it's someone who has committed to going to class on a more regular basis or um, pulling through a semester that they didn't think they were going to pull through, but then the next semester something turned around. And it's, it's like you can't put a timeline on any young adult, and we can't control when that light bulb's going to turn on and when they get it. Like when they're ready to be engaged, they're ready to be motivated. Um, so it takes a lot of external factors of ours on campus between coaches, instructors, and others in their lives. Um, and so I, I guess success is broad. Um, you know, it may be they hadn't been coming to study table and now they're coming on a regular basis. and. Um, 
sometimes it just takes time of waiting and letting it happen on their own time, which is sometimes the most difficult because you don't want to get to a point where they can't turn it around, but yet if it's forced, you're not going to get anything out of it either because they're not kind of meeting you halfway. So small tasks, small tasks, a list, goal setting. I've been, I've been really interested in the idea of uh, goal setting lately and not in the sense like I want to have a house and I want to have a car, but in the sense like I want to change my stuff into the dryer this afternoon, <laughs> you know, like goal setting so small that you feel that little accomplishment when you right. accomplish these things. Right. Um, that I was listening to a podcast recently with a world champion heavyweight boxer. His name is Tyson Fury. And after he won the world heavyweight title, he went into this really deep depression and sadness because he had accomplished everything that he had wanted to accomplish. And then um, what he realized is that he wasn't working towards anything. And so he slowly started making things for him to work towards. And he had gotten overweight to 400 pounds. And so he set a goal to get down to 380. And when he got there, he uh, slowly started setting more and more goals. And he worked him himself from this depression back to a point where he's fighting for another title in, uh, next month, all from setting small goals. Right. And so I've been really fascinated by the idea of setting small goals in a way to dig yourself out of a deep, deep rut. And I think that Tyson Fury is an incredible example of it. And I think your job is kind of in, in a similar way doing the same thing. Right. And a lot of our coaches actually have their athletes write down goals. And like you said, not large what you want to be when you grow up goals, but attainable ones that you can work on every day and be able to see that the results. This, uh, he, Tyson Fury was saying he likes his goal list to look like um, uh, a machine gun magazine. And so he can just start checking <laughs> off at like 15, 20 small things. And he just starts checking them off and it makes him feel good once you get that list done. Right. And I, I think it's so crazy that um, we, we go through life all the time and we have all these big things that we need to get done, but we don't really think about the little things as accomplishments. And I think, I think it's important to look at those little things as accomplishments in order to attain that success and right. attain that happiness. Because it does make you feel better when you're able to cross things off a list. Absolutely. It's a real a chemical release in that brain when you say, I've done that. I've done that. It's done and over with. Right. And I think that's that has to be a huge part of your job and a huge part of teaching people what success is. And your success is finishing something. Definitely. Because we're never finished. Uh, we, we have this idea of, uh, I'm going to make it. But I mean, do you ever really make it? Because there's still things that need there's to be done. There's always something else to be done. And I'm sure you can you can attest to that. Um. That that was kind of my anecdote of something that I had I had pulled uh, I pulled a lot of inspiration from is that that Tyson Fury podcast and uh, what he had to say about goal setting and uh, there's something else that I always do on the show is I, I have this segment called rattle them off and so I, I want to rattle them off with you I just have a handful of questions real quick I'm gonna get right to it all right and I want you I want you to rattle them off for me all right so you deal with a lot of athletes. I'm not saying you have to have a favorite, but 
Football or basketball? Football. Gatorade or water? Water. Netflix or cable? Cable, but you could start to sway me the other way. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to. Newspaper or magazine? Magazine. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Yeah. Um, cable, really? It's all I've ever known. Do you have Netflix? My kids do. You use it? Yeah. You they've, yeah. And, 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 and you like cable more? That's fascinating. I'm not sure if I like it more. I've just not had the chance to. I feel like we either watch sports at our house or there's one show we watch as a family, and that's Hawaii Five-0. <laughs> For the, the length that it has been on, we have either recorded it or watched it live as a family. So I think you need to find yourself a good Netflix original, and then you'll get sucked into the Netflix. My son just got me um, roped into a million little things. Mm. So that is currently going on. Um. I think everyone that I've asked so far has said Netflix. And I think you're the first to say cable. I'm, I'm glad Maybe we I'm have the someone. oldest. I'm glad we have someone <laughs> <laughs> that, that's team cable. It's good to have a, a little diversity in the, in the rattle them off. But that, that is fascinating because I think uh, I don't know how much longer cable will be a thing. <laughs> I know. It's kind of scary. It is kind of scary. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else that you want the listeners of Viewcast to know about you or uh, – I guess people who listen to this are a lot of time athletes. So what do you recommend to athletes if they're struggling right now? I guess the biggest message is just to never give up. Um, there's always the next day. And um, if you're struggling, find someone in your corner to uh, help get you out of that slump. That could be you. Could be. Could be Miss Prongy. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for doing this. Thank I, you. I appreciate it. Thank you.